0: You're listening to the Beaver Tales Podcast, which features exclusive interviews with former Oregon State student athletes. We talk about what they did at OSU, what the transition was like away from college athletics, and what they're passionate about now. Here's a little taste of what's coming up on this episode. I get a
1: chance to work with great business owners and executives every day. I get a chance to make a difference in people's lives every day.
0: This is the Beaver Tales Podcast with Josh Wharton, who has covered Oregon State athletics since 2013. Well, hi again, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast. This is Josh Warden, welcoming you to a new episode, this time with a former football player at Oregon State, although his biggest impact and the conversation centers more on post-athletic career. David Chin joins me today. Played football for Oregon State in the late 70s, but actually didn't even come to Oregon State to play football. He was a walk-on and played sparingly. In fact, he only played in one snap in his whole career, one or two if he remembers correctly, it was against Oregon, uh, and he you know, got some playing time, it was fun, but really his pursuit and his focus was academic in nature, and that definitely has transitioned into a fruitful career uh, beyond football. He worked a long time for Intel, and he's now in business coaching, sort of like a life coach, but he works with CEOs and helps them establish processes through their business, gives advice, uh, workshops, all that sort of stuff. He's actually the owner of his own business. It's called Business Coach of Oregon. And so we talk about the nuts and bolts, not just about the business, but sort of advice he gives and more meaningful techniques and qualities that people have when they're successful. Uh, And hopefully you'll enjoy that conversation as well as some memories uh, playing for Oregon State and the companions he had. He played a a contemporary of Jay Losey. In fact, they were in the same defensive backfield, had Jay on the podcast as he's up coaching now at Lewis and Clark. So some fun connections there. By the way, we've got a great sponsor for this show, Oregon Marketing Group, which is based here locally. It's based in Jefferson, Oregon. It's a full creative marketing agency uh, specializing in web design, digital advertisements, branding, growing your online presence. You want to get your product out there and all the people shopping online or uh, searching for your company and and looking uh, when you've gone Google on Bing, whatever they use, uh, search engine optimization is key. And so Oregon Marketing Group can help with all of that, photo shoots, commercials whatever it may be. They've got easy monthly plans to help you inexpensively promote your business, uh, get your word out there. So search for OregonMarketingGroup.com. Speaking of businesses and growth and advice, uh, here's David Chin, former Oregon State football player. Thanks for tuning in to the Bieber Tales podcast. Thanks so much for joining me on the Beaver Tales podcast, David. How are you doing today?
1: Doing great, Josh. I appreciate the opportunity to well come on your show and and get to know you a little bit
0: better. Well, thank you. So I talk with with athletes on the podcast of people who played various sports at Oregon State. But when you first came up to Corvallis from Klamath Falls, athletics wasn't necessarily number one for you. Doing some some pre med stuff. So tell me about your. Initial expectations of what college would look like, and not necessarily being an athlete.
1: College was pretty interesting when you come off the farm. Uh, Oregon State at that time was maybe fifteen thousand students, if I remember right, maybe smaller, but it was just huge, and it required some adjustment. I, I you know, I went through all of my high school math in in one uh, term, and it was like, man, I'm I'm behind, and it, it took me a, f- a couple terms to kind of catch up and get the grades that I anticipated uh, getting, because I I needed good grades if I wanted to get into medical school. And that was, that was kind of a dream when I was in high school is to go to medical school and be a doctor.
0: What, uh, how did that end up turning out from your kind of career expectations, uh, from maybe that freshman year to, if you kind of looked at what you're doing now, I know that's covering a lot of years. We'll, we'll go piece by piece later, (laughs) but if you, if you were to tell yourself what you actually got into, would you be pretty surprised?
1: Yes and no, uh, Yes, I wanted to be a doctor, but uh, another driving force in my life was balance. And uh, there was certain things that I did in college that uh, put balance as as a higher priority than getting into medical school. It was kind of interesting because I ran into my high school football coach. I didn't run into him. We actually went to visit him this last summer and he was just shaking his head. It's like, I can't believe you didn't make it into medical school. But, you know, just certain things that, uh, you know, football, walking onto the football team, you know, just fall camp fall during the fall season, six hours a day in football. And here I'm taking four-hour labs in my upper-level science classes. And there's one term that just, I, I couldn't get everything done. I couldn't get the four-point that, you know, I needed. So, but I, I stuck out football because I enjoyed that particular piece. That's mm. kind of a life priority that I put in place and looking back over the last 40 years it is boy, that's just flown by I have really enjoyed all the different opportunities that have come up in my life and and I attribute to to that part of my faith and that that those are, are things that doors that have been opened for me.
0: How did you both at that point and years later not just what your priorities were but how you decided them determining what priorities you should have i know there's multiple times where you had to make some career decisions where you stepped away from work to spend more time with your family I and mean, that's a that's a priority choice in a sense so h- how did you determine your priorities even before you know we talk about what those were each step by the way how did you decide what they were
1: uh sometimes uh, you have to go through a lot of knock on the head before you uh before you listen i, I know I, I spent 25 years with intel off and on And there were, you know, many years that uh, my wife was, wife was was very patient with me, but uh, it just, there were probably years in there that, that I just spent way too much time at work and not enough time, uh, you know, helping out uh, at home and really getting to know my kids.
0: Once you did decide to include football in that, in that priority list and, and walk on the football program, uh, what did that look like for you in terms of your role with the team and the people surrounding you? Uh, what, what did that look like? Well,
1: physically, to get an idea of what I'm, I'm five, eight and a half, <laughs> And in those days, you just didn't see players my size out there. Of course, the people that are that size out there today – also, weigh 200 pounds, right? They're 190, 200 pounds. Uh, I was all of 155 pounds dripping wet. And uh, I just remember in practice, they would, I was, I, I played cornerback, so defensive cornerback. And uh, in those days, we ran a lot of um, student body lefts and student body rights. So uh, the offense is pulling, you know, guards and tackles and leading the fullbacks. And uh, as a cornerback, you're setting the edge. So you're, you're taking on somebody that, that's up to 300 plus pounds uh, that's trying to kick you out uh, on the edge, right? And I actually got I got into the quarterback in one practice and it was like, okay, let's run this again. It's like, okay. The thing that's going through Dave Chin's mind is, okay, I'm giving myself up on this play. So that was kind of, the, that, that was a Rudy moment. I don't know if you watched, when you watched the Rudy moment, it was like, okay, what you do in, in on scout team is, is uh, you know, there are times when you just give yourself up. I had a special moment about f- six years ago. Um, Corey, Steve Corey, do you know who Steve is?
0: Yeah, uh, Steve, his He's son played. football
1: coach at Lake Oswego. Yeah, yeah. But he was a pretty decorated receiver in my day. But i never talked to him. The defense goes with defense. Offense goes with offense. But I guarded him every day. And when I ran into him six years ago, I didn't even know that he, that he would remember me because I hadn't seen him since college. Again, we didn't talk. We really didn't have a, have a relationship. Uh, but he told me that he appreciated how hard I worked every day. This, this is 35 years, right, after college that I made him a better player. And so that was one of those moments that uh, just, you know, you just appreciate, right? No matter how old you are, how experienced you are, what accomplishments you've made, that somebody has come along and said, yes, we appreciate what you did in high school, that you came out to work every day and and helped make us better.
0: He's had a good career. And then he, I think his son played for uh, Portland State, or I, f- I forget the connection now.
1: Yeah. That's right, yeah.
0: But yeah, that's amazing, and you didn't even know the the impact of the moment. Didn't know that he'd remember you or or what uh, his reaction would be. But that's that's pretty cool. Now you brought up Rudy. Now you kind of had your own Rudy moment a little bit. Got you got to play in a game. Uh, tell me about uh, facing the Ducks and Otson Stadium.
1: That was pretty cool. Uh, just on the sideline when we when we traveled to um, f- for the Civil War that was the only traveling uh, game I went to. We brought the whole team. Obviously you can take the buses down there and just, you know, later in the, the at the end of the game, I hear my name called and uh, my defensive back coach said chin. And I was like, who, who are you looking for? And so I got on the field for one or two plays and just my family was close by on the, on the, in the, in the, uh, in Austin and uh, you know, the game was pretty much decided by that point but I was just excited to have you know a varsity play you know kind of in in my repertoire you know i enjoyed the the scout team but it was it was fun to be on the field and fast forward to what maybe 10 years ago i went to uh back to Otson. that was actually the first time i went back to Otson. was was probably 30 years later and with my dad and i remember uh while i was sitting there exactly on the field where I went on, where, where, where I was, where I played. So special memory, special memory, but that the Rudy movie is a special movie because, you know, it's just, when you have a person that, you know, I'm undersized, right. I'm, you know, once I I played out there, it was like, man, you know, being able to start or play on a regular basis in, in division one, probably not there. You know, I'm not quite big enough, fast enough, uh, athletic enough. Uh, to play Division one. Uh, but if I really wanted to play football, yeah, I could go play D3 or, or IA. Uh, but you know, my priority was, uh, was the academics and, and the football was just it's something else that I happened to be pretty good at. I remember in the 70s, freshmen could not play varsity. So we had JV games. University games, so, and primarily we played the ducks, and we played the ducks. And I played in at least a, a couple of those games, and a couple special experiences in in those games. One was um, a kickoff team, where I, I put the running back on his back, <laughs> and the film was just amazing because you know you're high in Research Stadium, what was Parker Stadium at the time, and it's like you know here I'm tackling him, but I you know I you know I've just put him on. I I just about separated my shoulder. Because uh, that that was just a fun experience.
0: I was going to ask if we came into the varsity game and your one or two plays, if you got to pick six on that one play. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I, you know, in the Rudy movie, of course, you know he you know he does a big tackle on the quarterback or something, right? And it was like, you know, that, that's probably not real life. They're not going to put me in the game when the, when the game is on the line, <laughs> so. <laughs>
0: Well, let's talk about your uh, business stuff now and, and what that looks like. You're the owner of Business Coach of Oregon. What, what's the snapshot of what your operation does?
1: I get a chance to work with great business owners and executives every day. I get a chance to make a difference in people's lives every day. and day. I've, I've got some great people. Uh, there's some people that, that are very mature. To be honest with you, they don't need me. But I give them an opportunity to kind of talk through uh, their scenarios, you know, validate what they're thinking, what they're doing, how they're responding to people. Uh, I've had some business owners who just, you know, whenever they have an opening, people are looking for their company. Uh, They're doing all the right things. They're treating their people right. But at the same time, they're a sustainable business. They need to make enough profits to to uh, enough cash flow to, to be able to, to pay everybody and, and give back to the community. Uh, one of those business owners, he, w- he went back to Washington, D.C. and uh, when, when the, the um, Congress was debating some of the tax, Trump tax cuts in 2017. Uh, he knew that they were going to impact his industry. So he went back uh, as an industry group to speak to that. Uh, I have an executive I work with today. I just say, hey, and and actually another farm I work with, I tell them, you guys don't need me, right? We've put the programs in place. Uh, You've got a lot of the right habits, but they still like to have me around um, because I'm able to give them something back that, you know, they're able to, again, talk through and think through uh, some of the things that they need to do, what their priorities are. And then there are other executives and business owners that it was like, wow we've got a lot of things to work on, right? We have a team that, that's not working as well as it should be working and, and that, uh, you know, maybe we, we have a product or service that's, that's not quite the right fit <clears throat> or we shouldn't, we're not making it, uh, at what we should be making out of, out of that particular business. And so I get a chance to come in and, and uh, work with some of those. Uh, it's pretty tough if the business is not hitting on any cylinders. But if we can hit on a couple of cylinders, if we have a, a reasonably good product, a reasonably good uh, customer base, uh, and, but our team's a problem, then we can, we can focus on, on, on one of those areas. But you know, bottom line, I love what I do uh, and I kind of transitioned to this because I knew that as, as I aged that you know, my energy level would not be, would not be as great. And I don't know, maybe a third of my friends now are retired, but I don't see retiring. I see if I want more time, I'll scale back on the number of clients. But I kind of got into this as long as I'm helpful, as long as the people I'm working with get value, then I will continue to to business coach. So I appreciate the question, Josh.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm curious what that looks like in terms of the the. I don't know if mentor is the right word, but you're giving advice a lot and and you're helping businesses, you're helping them process through and come up with ideas, come up with plans. And it's that sort of, you know, knowledge base or expertise that I like to talk about on this podcast, regardless of what field it is, because it's people who have the knowledge to give advice that are, that are interesting to talk with. So what do you find is the most common advice that you're giving at, whether it's a, on a business level or more personal thing of, hey, you as the CEO or owner of your small business, whatever it is, what things do you need to be doing with your employees or leadership qualities, whatever it may be that kind of comes up most and you find that I keep telling these business owners this thing because it's critically important. Is there one or two things that you find yourself teaching the most?
1: I get a chance to work with a lot of different things with the businesses. Uh, At Intel, I was in engineering, finance, marketing, sales, and uh, I can help in those different areas. But the most common, the one that you mentioned most, is our team. You know, I mentioned so, some business owners and executives really have their act together. Well, when they have their act together, we may spend 10% of our coaching time on people issues. If we are not doing a good job in that area, that, that we're not either hiring the right people, or we don't have the right people in the right seats then we're spending probably 80% of our time coaching time on people issues. And you can just look at that particular metric and say, okay, you know, this. but people are the most common part of, of my particular business, which is really interesting because uh, I'm an introvert. Uh, I'm an engineer by training. So the, the two degrees I have from, from Oregon state are chemical engineering and the the Pre-med piece was biochemistry, biophysics. So I have two um, BS degrees from Oregon State. But, you know, both of those are kind of heads down, not people oriented uh, types of things. And it's just interesting that today I spend most of my time building teams, building individuals. It's it's interesting. It's a lot of fun. But it's an area that I continue to learn in every day. And and uh, I know we'll probably get to some life lessons, but that's one of the, the life lessons uh, for me, is, is just that continuous learning and how complex people are, as in, or just complex as individuals. And then you start putting us together in groups, right? Whether it's a group of three or a group of twelve or a group of forty, and, and it's the the um, complexity increases exponentially the more people that you add. And how do all how do you get all these people um, working together? Rowing the boat together, moving uh, in the same direction, um, it it's a challenge. It's a challenge to to be able to get to the get to the right people, and that's why I love watching sports so much, and especially Oregon State sports. Uh, I got a chance to uh, meet Scott Ruick, his second year of coaching at Oregon State, and I just admired what Scott has done. He obviously has a family with his team members, and that's one of the big reasons why. Uh, The women Cup enjoy uh, coming to play for him. A side story on Scott. I I got a chance to interview Scott. In Scott's second year, uh, I was working, uh, leading a Portland business group called the Portland Business Roundtable. And we had invited Scott to come speak to this alumni group in Portland. And I was doing the emceeing since I was leading the group that particular year. We actually just traded off years on, on who led. And uh, Scott had to tell me how to pronounce his last name. He says it rhymes with Buick. Now we all know his name, but you know, back then I'm sure he came across a lot of people like me who just, who didn't know who who he was. So I had a chance to introduce him. I was reading through his bio and I came to a piece where uh, his second year, so his first year, he had a freshman all pack player, Alyssa Martin. And uh, I said, okay, I have to stop here. And it's great that Scott gets credit for having an all-pack player of the year, freshman player of the year. But I think some credit ought to, ought to go to her sixth-grade basketball coach. Well, Scott gets up and says, Well, that's great, Dave, that you want some credit for, for Alyssa's uh, um, freshman of the year. But you could have taught her how to block out better. <laughs> so just uh, that, you know, Scott always has a great sense of humor and just, you know, he, he's just a personal blunt guy, but has he has his goals. And so he's just, to me, he's just done a, done a wonderful job with the women's basketball program at, at Oregon State. And I, mm-hmm. I love watching his teams.
0: Yeah, I, I had Alyssa on this podcast. I, I had no idea that you were the reason behind her success. Oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I always wondered when, when Mar- um, <clears throat> her dad came to the, the, the games, it was like, you need to be coaching this team. Not me. It's like you trained, you, you learned under Ralph Miller and it isn't interesting. He has, he has done a bit of coaching, but Earl, Earl is a little quiet, right? So I'll have to look that up. When I scanned through the list, I did not see Lisa in there.
0: Yeah. She, she was a while ago, several months ago, but she's doing real well, you know, civil engineering over in Bend. And at the time she was, pregnant i think with twins and and she's since awesome. uh given birth and healthy and so she's uh started her own family over there which is she's really nice really, one of my one of my favorites
1: yeah she she's really special same age same age as my daughter so that's what <clears throat> you know i was coaching that team the girls team because of the because of my daughter but fun yeah.
0: yeah really cool to talk with you david thanks so much for joining the podcast and talking about your career athletically and and beyond it's been fun to chat with you
1: Appreciate the opportunity, Josh.
0: Well, I appreciate talking with Oregon State student-athletes who have taken a broader approach both in their own life and for the other uh, sports at OSU. And whether it's a football player who is invested in the women's basketball team or connected there or has friends on the softball team, whatever it may be, that's kind of cool. And speaking of women's basketball, going to have another women's basketball guest on soon. Uh, Had Alyssa Martin a while back, Patricia Bright more recently. I've had Jamie Wisner. And I'm working out of time right now to talk with current Polish league player Ruth Hamblin will come on soon, um, as long as that works out sometime in the next week or two. So that'll be fun to chat as well. A lot of fun conversations on the podcast here. Also, check out all the charities. You know, I've sponsored a different one every episode, so you've probably heard the spiel a whole bunch of times. But whether it's Food for the Hungry, doing great work overseas, it's Convoy of Hope, doing disaster work, it's Children's Garden, one home in the Philippines, helping out street kids. Uh, Again, you may know a lot about these nonprofits after I've mentioned them a hundred times. Times, but uh, continue to check them out if you have uh, have any desire to do that. Thanks for tuning in to the BeaverTales podcast. I'm Josh Worden, Oregon State reporter based right here in Corvallis and hope to connect and make more connections, link you up with all the former athletes you used to watch or get to know for the first time wherever they may be at. Until next time, have a great day, everybody, and go beeves.